fuck? Just know that whatever happens, I love you. Oh, that's very sweet. It is, isn't it? Are you already recording? Hello and welcome <laughs> to Punk Goes Pod, episode five. Mm, episode five. I think I'm now past the point of of considering each episode special. And now it's just, let's continue on. I think I'm still curious as to when we'll stop announcing every single episode. Like, episode 6, episode 7, episode 8. Number 8. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be interesting to just get to a point where it's like, just another episode. I still think it's alright to announce the episode yeah. each week. But then, yeah, I, I suppose. Just in terms of having milestone episodes, though, because it sounds like every episode is a milestone episode, which I guess it kind of is. I got out of bed today, so that's a milestone for me. Yeah. Same. Although I'm, 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 I am a bit tired. Like I'm fairly tired, so I'm getting a little bit loopy. It's that that cycle of shifts for me now that I'm just starting it a little bit. Yeah. I am just a bit fuzzy with a cold. My ears are still ringing from Wednesday night. So what? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like five nights ago? Yeah, that's a long time ago. I know. What did we do Wednesday night? <laughs> what? You should know. <laughs> we saw Gambino. I told you, my memory is fuzzy. Ha ha. We saw Gambino? Yes. We saw the brilliant Childish Gambino. So that was... Round four for me, I think. Round two for you. Round two for me, which was kind of... So the last time I saw him was uh, summer of 2013. So that was at a little club in the city of Melbourne, Melbourne. Yeah. And yeah, so that was a huge step up. It was a little club in 2013. And now in 2019, he's playing a stadium. Yeah. It was... A small stadium, but it's a stadium. Yeah, it was wild. It was so good. Fantastic! It was one of those shows that I can I would compare it to when we saw Refused for the first time as well. It felt like I was inside a film clip, a music <laughs> video. It felt like a music video was playing in front of my eyes live for me. I'll admit I didn't get that same suspension of disbelief purely because I was surrounded by the tallest men I have ever seen. Oh, so many tall men! I'm six one. There were men who were, what, like six, three, four? Well, I couldn't see past them. It was... I I don't know what it is. It just... Somehow I always end up being strategically positioned right next to the people you don't want to be positioned next to. Yeah. Like, be they really loud or really drunk or both or God knows what or just very tall or just somehow impeding my ability to enjoy the show. I still did, but... There was a lot of neck craning and sort of shifting around to see from little gaps that were made available here and there. And I was wearing my highest heeled boots as well. Same. (laughs) So, very, very much worth it. Uh, My, it wasn't until two days after that my neck started to hurt as well. Mm. Why, why aren't you hurting Thursday? Why are you hurting now Friday? Yeah. But no, it was fantastic. Uh, 
he I I appreciate that he addressed the fact that he kind of he pulled out of last year's show and he's like wow I can't believe you guys came even though I kind of you know I didn't show up last time yeah and and I was someone who was very much on the camp of what are you talking about he broke his foot he didn't break his voice box why couldn't he come over here but actually seeing the show and seeing how much that guy moves well, how physical it is how like, physical it actually was yeah no like i i get it i like, would i i would have it's much better than if he just sat there and sang i distinctly remember you pulling out the dave Grohl broke his knee or dave his... Grohl did it um axel rose did it with with acdc yeah. Chester Bennington broke his wrist here in Melbourne, I'm pretty sure it was. Like, mm. fell off the stage, broke his wrist, came back with a cast on and finished the set. Yeah, but you don't dance with your wrists. No, but <laughs> but I'm sure the Foo Fighters do a pretty big stage show yeah, with but moving I feel around like, and such. Again, like, a lot of the time they can just be stationary playing their instruments, though. True. Whereas, yeah, Donald... Slash Bino, like, standing there in the one spot, singing yeah, into have. a mic. It was going to be a bit shit. It would have taken, <laughs> it would have taken the effect out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm changing my stance on it. So, yes, I was <laughs> shitting on it last year. But it was also because it was going to be awesome. We were going to go see him at the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, that, that did piss me off a bit. But... I'm probably never going to go see a musical act at the Sydney Opera House. Because, I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I mean... Black Dahlia murder aren't necessarily gunning to headline no. the Opera House. No, not any time soon. And <laughs> yeah, because that's the shows I go to there. And it's kind of interesting seeing the difference in people going to this show compared to the shows I've been going to this yeah. year. Yeah. On that note, quick PSA for all the cool kids out there. Can you just not do drugs openly in front of me at shows? Mm. Like... You do you. I truly do not care what you do as long as you keep yourself safe, you keep your friends safe. But also, it is so obnoxious standing there and watching 6 foot 10, 11, 12, I don't know. We were standing amongst giants. Well, yeah, like watching people who are 10 feet tall railing coke off little tiny spoons. Like There were 10 foot tall people and none of them were swaddling me like a baby. That's all I want in this world is to be swaddled like a baby. I hear you. But anyway, please just cool it with the drugs. I do not understand why you would spend so much money on a ticket only to go and just get completely trolleyed and then, like, bop completely out of time with whatever music you're hearing. and <laughs> Or seeing. Yeah, oh, I, and look, this is uh, speaking as someone who's never been high in my life. So, like, you're in you're in good company because neither have I. But and yeah, so yes, I'm a huge wowser. I know, but like, can we not with the coke? Come on, guys. Well, sp- uh, speaking as someone who yes has never been high before, and you know, I've enjoyed a drink here and there, but at the same time. If you are that kind of person who does, who has the mentality of, I want to go see a show and I also want to get really high while seeing the show, 
maybe reach out to us and say, this is why I do it. This is what, what I get from it. Because I'm just genuinely curious. Like, yeah. I'm not, and we're not shitting on anyone's good time or anything. We're just, we're just one, saying be safe. And two, we kind of don't get why you would spend, I mean, upwards of $200 for a ticket and then... Upwards of however many hundred dollars on yeah, drugs. on drugs to then so what 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 do you get from it basically is what we want to know. I what must yeah, I must admit the territorial side of me gets annoyed when these same people are standing right the fuck in front of me and blocking my view when their view is already being altered by whatever they're imbibing. Yeah. So yeah, I am shitting on you a little bit, oh. but yeah, I would be interested to hear like what, why, like why do you do it? And that's not me being snotty, like genuinely curious, and also just I don't know, just do it at the back, like go to the back of the crowd, and or at least wear a shirt that says "Yes, I'm, I'm aware, I'm tall." Sorry about that. And also, I am on drugs. I apologize. Please don't tell the security guards. You were pretty tempted to knock. I was very tempted to knock because I am five foot something standing amongst 20 foot people. Again, not swaddling me like a baby. Lots of drugs. And yeah, bopping out of time and leaning back into me and leaning all over each other and just sort of gently swaying. And yeah, anyway. We're We're a bunch of, we're a couple of cool people, aren't we? Oh yeah. We're so cool. Not square at all. <laughs> I don't care. No, no, no nerds here. I beat those nerds. <laughs> I eat those nerds. They're delicious. Purple and orange. Forget about it. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been fine. Even though the the trailer for the Cats movie came out. Yeah, I I've never actually seen the original Cats, be it the musical or the original. Has it ever come yeah. out over here? It has, hasn't it? I believe... So. I don't see why it wouldn't have. Yeah. I'm sure it has. Um, but, good lord, that thing is terrifying. That is looking. so scary. See, like, that's the kind of thing I could understand if you'd want to rail some coke and then go watch it, because that would be nuts. I don't feel like coke is the thing that you do I don't. For a movie. See, this is... I don't understand Acid, maybe? drugs. I don't know. Weed, again, because I don't know what sort of sensation you get from weed. I don't understand anything to do with drugs, but that, yeah, that makes sense because you're spending, what, like maybe 20, 25 bucks on a ticket plus however much on drugs to go and... And then popcorn. Yes, and a choc top. And a choc top. But, so, yeah, anyway... Um, yeah, that cat's, my girl Taylor's in it, very proud, but also, Jesus Christ, it's scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it never really occurred to me until someone, I can't remember who, so I can't attribute it, I'm sorry, but someone raised in a tweet, like, why are all the girl cats naked and the boy cats get to wear clothes? You're right, they are. Yeah. So you've got these cats... With human boobs, so, like, they don't even have, like, the correct amount of nipples, cat appendages, and they're naked, whereas the boy cats get to wear waistcoats and hats. Yeah, like, James Corden's one is in a full... (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I I am very... He's in it. Yay, he gets to sing. Mm. I am very excited to see it, because it just seems buck wild in, like, the best slash worst kind of way. 
but also like what were they thinking i i mean i proposed to you that you take my mum to see it because your girl <laughs> yeah. taylor your girl taylor is in it and her boy idris her boy idris alba is in it so i absolutely mal if you're listening to this lock it in yeah we're going yeah any excuse to to see her man even if it's some kind of weird sexy cat man <laughs> and look it's idris alba so he's still sexy yeah absolutely i'm not i'm i'm not above admitting that <laughs> i'm a human aren't i i have eyes <laughs> Should we uh, should we talk about the topic of the day? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Or we could just keep going about weird looking movies. And did you see someone swapped the face of the terrible Sonic the Hedgehog movie with the cats from Cats? <laughs> and that's terrifying in itself. That is very upsetting. It's like a Kafka esque nightmare. <laughs> Gregora woke from uneasy dreams. Gregora the Hedgehog woke up and suddenly he was a cat. <laughs> Jesus. So, Payphone featuring Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. By Maroon 5. By Maroon 5. Shouldn't they be Maroon 6 now? Don't they have like six members now? I don't know. I'm at a payphone trying to call home all of my change I spent on you. So, about the song, Payphone, featuring Wiz Khalifa, that's got a hyphen in it, was released in 2012. No, Payphone, hyphen, featuring Wiz Khalifa. No, Payphone brackets featuring Wiz Khalifa. Pretty sure it's a hyphen. And <laughs> we ha- we talked about this before we started recording. That's not part of the song's title. Like, I'm not excluding anyone. <laughs> I know. I'm not. Ex- I'm, or it's Maroon Five <laughs> featuring Wiz Khalifa. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I don't want. I don't want Wiz to feel left out. All right. We love you, Wiz. We love you, Wiz. You have a national day named after you. That's cool. Yes. It was released in 2012. It was. Can we agree on that? We can agree on that. And it was the lead single from their fourth studio album, Overexposed. Yes. And it had one heck of a writing team on this one. It did. Would you say? It did. The song was written by Adam Levine, frontman, the dude with the tattoos, Benny Blanco, Amar Malik, Robopop, Wiz Khalifa, and Shellback. Now, I am impressed that they have a robot writing this song. <laughs> so, some of those names might sound familiar to some of you. Um, I don't know your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you're... I Look, they'll, I think they'll sound really familiar to you if you're really into music. Yeah. If you, if you sort of... If music's your thing that you kind of study. Especially pop music. Because... Yeah. Yeah, the team that they had working with Adam and Wiz on this song was pretty nuts. So you've got Benny Blanco. So he was responsible for more than 100 million album sales worldwide to date. And he's had 29 number one songs in total. He's worked with the likes of Justin Bieber, Katy Perry and Kanye West. He was also mentored by Dr. Luke. And Dr. Luke is a bit of a 
tainted character just given what allegedly went down between him and Kesha when mm. Kesha was under his record label. Um, and that whole kind of icky court trial that took place in 2016, the beginning of? Yes, pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's probably not the best selling point for someone these days, but... Look, just just because your mentor was allegedly... Yeah, know, that's true. In like, did that doesn't mean that he is. Yeah, oh, you know? absolutely. It's like accusing everyone from the Cosby show of doing what Bill Cosby did, you know? Yeah, that's true. Then you've got Malik, who has worked with the likes of Ed Sheeran, Five Seconds of Summer, One Direction, Gym Class Heroes. He is possibly best known for... Singles like Moves Like Jagger and Stereo Hearts, which was Gym Class Heroes with Adam Levine, funnily enough. I don't think I could... I don't think I've ever listened to a Gym Class Heroes song. Oh, I was a fan for a minute. Like, my high school boyfriend bought me a copy of their... What is it? Uh, is it I think I want, I want to say, like, Cruelest School Children, as Cruelest School Children was... Like the one Gym Class Heroes album that I liked. Were they kind of involved in the scene? They were signed to Fueled by Ramen. Ah, okay, yep. Um, slash Decadence Records. And for anyone Decadence, who, Decadence. Ugh. For yeah. anyone who maybe doesn't know Fueled by Ramen is Pete Wentz's record yes. label. And you all know who Pete Wentz is. Absolutely. I am gatekeeping <clears throat> music at the moment. So then you have Robopop, which, love the name, who he has co-written for the likes of 30 Seconds to Mars, Little Mix, and Britney Spears. Then finally, you've got Shellback, who... Ah, Shellback. What? He can do no wrong. He was listed as the number one producer of 2012 in Billboard magazine's year-end chart which I believe coincides with the year that this song came out. Payphone? Yes. Yes. He has won four grammary... Grammaries? <laughs> he won an award for his grammar. Yes. He is very good at spelling. He's so good at spelling. Knows his way around a semicolon. To the point that he is so above spelling <laughs> that he called himself Shellback, and it's the one word. Yes. Yeah. So, in addition to those four Grammaries, he's also won four Grammys. And you might know him best for his uh, collaborator, his regular collaborating partner, Max Martin. Uh, together they have written for and with Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Britney, Adele, and of course Maroon 5. Uh Possibly most notably in the last few years, uh, Max Martin and Shellback worked with Taylor Swift on the bulk of her album 1989. Um, he also, Shellback I should say, also co-wrote and I think co-produced Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me, which is a banger of a song. Would you say 1989 is your favourite Taylor album? Uh, I think ultimately... Red is probably still my favourite, but hard to say. I sort of have different moods in terms of what my favourite... I could talk about this for hours, so we probably shouldn't. <laughs> um, we, we look, another Taylor Swift song is coming up at some point. 
in the next what are, what is this going to be four years? It's going to come up in the next four, <laughs> four to five years. So you can have that chance to talk again. I'll get to talk about the Black Dahlia murder at some point. Hell just, yeah! Just you wait and see. Like it actually will come up. So really? Yeah, really. Oh, sick! Well, there you go. So because they they cover a song. Oh, do they? Are they on the series? Not on the series, but they oh, they will be one of the other covers. Gotcha. So that that week, I will be screaming through everything else so I can talk about my favorite <laughs> band. But go on. So, apologies to Max Martin slash Shellback fans in particular, because we're more just sort of skimming over these writers and producers and their work to date. I imagine we'll circle back around to the likes of Shellback and Max Martin down the line because they have been responsible for a lot of huge songs including payphone which is the reason we are here tonight recording i don't want to gloss over the fact that shellback is swedish though because i like the swedes they're pretty good they're pretty sweet mm. <laughs> so payphone featuring wiz khalifa by maroon five it debuted at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and peaked at number two, but was ultimately pipped to the post by our boy Gautier featuring Kimba. Kimba. <laughs> well, well, featuring our... a cartoon lion, yes. <laughs> yeah, Kimba. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm imagining that video of the low res. No. <laughs> Wait, what low res? The oh. low res Lion King. <laughs> Where it's like scars, head, scars, scars neck, Help me. So, our boy Gautier, but your girl Kimbra. Yes, our girl Kimbra. Well, she's not mine because I'm not Kiwi. Well, yes, I'm saying our, as in me and my fellow Kiwis. Yeah. Um. So, God, where were we? So, payphone featuring Wiz Khalifa was ultimately pipped to the post by. Gautier and Kimbra's Somebody That I Used To Know. Remember when that song was huge? I remember I remember when we weren't together, but we were chatting we, and we were texting each other. Mm. And so, like, we texted each other every day leading up to us we getting did. together. And so it was just like a Saturday or a Sunday. I was like, so what are you doing today? And you responded, I'm going to see Gautier. And I read it as got ya. <laughs> and my response was, and in my in my head, what I was what I was interpreting, I was like, "What's it got you?" <laughs> and you were just like, "It's a guy." I remember that. Yeah. I remember getting that text back. What's a Gautier? What's like... a Gautier? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just, I was just honestly like, "Well, that can't be a person." You played it very well though, because it just sounded like you were trying to be very cute and aloof. Like, what's Gautier? Yeah. <laughs> nope. I was just inept and have no bearing on what's popular at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that song. What a time! So that ultimately took out top place above Payphone at the time. Uh, our girl Kalia Ray Jepsen, and she doesn't belong to either nationality. I just love her. I believe you might say she is Canadian. She is. Which I I like to interpret Canada as America's New Zealand because I yes. think that New Zealand is better people than Australians. I would agree. <laughs> you're well, you're, the exception. You're, 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 
in both worlds, you are an Australian who is also a Kiwi. Yes. So you can you can judge better than anyone else. Yes. You and the other two million Kiwis that live over here. Yes. So CRJ, Carly Rae Jepsen, our queen, her single Call Me Maybe, of course, took out top spot, like all over the place when it came out. So That is taking me back to twenty twelve, just yeah. Gautier. And Carly Rae Jepsen yeah, called me Yeah, it really maybe. paints a picture. Yeah. picture. yeah. But yet, somehow, I wasn't hearing this song. I did not hear this song at all in 2012. Well, you, did you not know this song until... No. Wow. No, honestly, I honestly didn't know this song until we started talking, like, until last week when we were like, this is the song, so it, I listened to it. Wow. And it, it's not like it was a small song. This song has... The video alone has 500 million views. Yeah. Over 500 million views. That's bonkers. Yeah. I remember a whole bunch... I remember We Will Never Ever 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 Get Back Together by Taylor Swift. We are never ever ever getting back together. That was the year of Psy. 2012. That was the year of Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. And and what's his name? Macklemore. Macklemore. Oh, Macklemore. But yeah. We should Mackler less. Am I right? Absolutely. Boop. Um, oh man, we're just going all over the place tonight. <laughs> it's one of those episodes, we will be done in three hours. Yeah. So, so Payphone, it sold 493,000 copies in its first week, despite being ultimately defeated in terms of chart rankings in the US. Uh, do you want to keep talking about chart stuff? I'm just, I'm not. It, we have talked about chart stuff. It ranked it, it reached number two. It lost to an Australian, as it should. <laughs> what about all the other ones that we've written down in our notes? Well, you know. <laughs> Alright, let me, let me read this out. It did reach number one in Canada for eight consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was the first Maroon 5 song to top the UK charts peaked at number two on the ARIA charts and was certified 5X Platinum. I'm joking. I realise that's five times Platinum. But do you realise that I didn't write these notes to be read out verbatim? They're more talking points. (laughs) You mean... Most people don't start sentences with peaked at number two. (laughs) You mean that Wikipedia is not a script software... That I can just read verbatim. It is not. Verbatim. Did you know... I'm tr- I, now I'm trying to do it natural and it is <laughs> not going to come out natural. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to make a poop joke. Oh, why? What? I said I wasn't going to make a poop joke. And then... <laughs> By saying I'm not going to make a poop joke, I essentially made a poop joke. Why are we doing this? Because we think we're creative, mm. but not creative enough to actually create something. I believe you are. Me, on the other hand. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, was shocked to find out that this was the world's fifth best-selling single in 2012. Selling 9 point, Stop it. Selling 9.5 million copies. And it ranked at number 46 on Rolling Stone's 50 best songs of 2012. Wow. That's not great. 
46. Couldn't even break the top 20, huh? <laughs> Why don't you get another California-themed tattoo, Adam? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Because <laughs> I have reached the point of dementia. <laughs> I also completely forgot to mention before that Shellback has worked with Refused. Oh, yeah. How sick is that? I was waiting for you to say it. And I... So was I. And I just... <laughs> Would you say, what was the better show, Gambino on Wednesday night or the first time we saw Refused? Oh, Refused, hands down. Refused was sick. I think because that, for me, just all the elements worked. Like I think that's possibly the best show I've ever seen. Oh, my God. That was so good. They were... And not to mention, we were standing on a second floor balcony. And there was that bit when he... I don't remember the lead singer's name. Dennis. Dennis? Dennis, I believe. Dennis something. Menace. Dennis the Menace. When There was a bit where Dennis the Menace... Yes. He left the stage. Dennis Lixon. Dennis Lixon. Uh, he left the stage at one moment. And we were just like, okay, where is he? He was literally standing right behind us. He climbed up the stairs and had gotten up to the balcony and was standing a foot away from us. It was incredible. Yeah. And just the lighting. the light. There was a heaviness to the lighting. And that's where I get the, the, the opinion of it felt like a music video yeah to me and i i should show you the the film clip to the unearth song and unearth is a metalcore band mm-hmm. who I've, I've seen a number of times yeah once with the black dahlia murder mm-hmm. but they for their song i believe it's giles and it's just them in a big open area and it's just it's like black and white but they're they're just silhouetted that's cool and it's really sort of it's just really simple, but it's really powerful. And that's what Refused looked like when we saw them. Yeah. For the first time. The second time, it was just kind of a small gig show. It was still great. Though. Oh, it was still great. Oh, amazing. Just, like, the fact that they move, like, they dance. Yeah. And, you know, and they're a punk band. It's shows like that that always make me want to get, like, really ripped and, like, super fit. But then I, I actually meant... have to go to the gym and then I'm just like, oh. I thought you meant, like, drug ripped. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, so we're just doing a full 180 on that stance. <laughs> no. In a matter of 33 minutes. No, it just makes me want to just get completely shredded, like, just so I can do jumps and splits and I don't know. But, yeah, I'm also very lazy. Same. <laughs> so, should we double back and talk a bit about Maroon 5 and yeah, okay. Wiz Khalifa briefly? Yeah. So, Maroon 5, I'm picking you weren't a huge fan of them as a kid like I was. I was a huge fan of Cara's Flowers. No, you weren't, bloody liar. (laughs) So, Maroon 5 started in 1994 under the name Cara's Flowers when frontman Adam Levine was only 15. Uh, Adam Levine was 15. He was. Weren't we all 15 one day? Uh, that was that felt like a half a lifetime ago for me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so then in two thousand and one they changed their name to Maroon Five. Uh... <laughs> These notes are great. Currently they are signed to Indiscope Records. <laughs> I love that our notes are so bad and they're so. 
there's kind of not really that much to them, but we're probably going to record the longest episode yet. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so, I... I get, like, Maroon 5, aside from Delta Goodrum, they were probably, like, the band slash musical act that I was, like, hyped about before I got into music proper, if that makes sense. Really? Delta? Yeah, I loved her. I remember writing an essay about why she was inspirational and... Well, she did have that... She did survive cancer, so... Yeah, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. Um, like, don't get me wrong, like, variants, but, like, it just... I did a complete 180 as soon as American Idiot came out and changed my life forever. Um, and you discovered black eyeliner. I did. So... But before then, I was obsessed with the album Songs About Jane. Uh, which Maroon 5 released in 2002, I believe, and then it was re-released in 2003, which is when it fell into my hands. You are literally getting your information from the back of the CD case. I do my research. Yeah, you're actually... Like, it's it's not a... This isn't Wikipedia, folks. This is the actual source. Yeah. There's even a sticker on the front that says, Touring April 2004. <laughs> and let me guess, you got that from a sanity? Um, sanity i believe i did i feel like i you you were yeah. from you were from the early 2000s yeah it was either a sanity or a leading edge records um such a good album i was listening to it today and just remembering how much i thoroughly enjoyed it it was very sort of like that was my introduction to like slightly alternative music like oh it was the beginning of indie well, it's just, yeah, just the beginning of, like, being into something that felt refined and not, like, I don't know. Ooh, it's a fine wine kind of music. Oh, it's very horned up, though, which it just, either that contributed to my blossoming into adolescence or else I, it just went completely over my head, but... Could you explain to me what horned up means? <laughs> Adam Levine, like, some of the lyrics are just filthy. Like, really? Well, like, not... Exp- but hmm. you don't uh, need to you don't need to like share ex- examples of it no but like i want to find i was reading up on adam levine today why don't we just sit in silence while i read the song book the lyric book <laughs> and i'll find something filthy no and then i'll realize i'm just reading prince because prince was filthy no i want to for the longest time, I thought Prince was really clean, and then I, yeah, and then I started listening to him, and I was like, "Oh wow, oh oh no, wow, this dude," and that was one of the things that, like, besides the fact that I think his music is better, but it's like you listen to Michael Jackson sing about a woman, and you kind of get the idea that Michael Jackson didn't really know anything about a woman and her body. And then you listen to Prince sing about a woman. It's like, oh no, that dude, that dude got down. Yeah. That dude knew exactly what he was talking about. There was no if, ands, but there were buts. Yes. Lots. Big ones. (laughs) Jesus. So, again, thank you, Wikipedia. So yeah, I was reading up on Adam today and... Yeah, he is quoted as saying, in terms of his lyrics, he considers himself an orthodox lyricist who sticks to conventional themes. Uh, So he 
claimed in a Rolling Stone interview that he doesn't like mincing words. He says, I was so sick of typical lyrics like ooh baby and I love you and all this vague shit. I thought the more explicit I got without being totally explicit was a nice approach. And yeah, like when I was, so hang on, 2003, 2004-ish when I got into this. So I would have been in year seven, eight. So 12, turning 13. And yeah, hearing like this love where he's saying like, I did my best to feed her appetite, keep her coming every night, so hard oh, to keep wow. her satisfied. Like, yeah, it, there was a lot to take in. <laughs> That's raunchy. And yeah, like, he's just a big horn dog. And like, but then to me, like, Songs About Jane is such a great album, but then they sort of overcorrected when they went fully mainstream. Like, post this album, they sort of, their lyrics got very much watered down like yeah i don't like obviously being massively horned up in your lyrics doesn't make you a good artist but like there was some cool sort of lyricism happening there do you know what i get from i don't mince words it's to me saying i'm not creative with my lyrics (laughs) (laughs) i look to me i feel like there was a bit of a Ah, oh, here we go. Where are we? Nah, don't worry about it. Um, like, yeah, it's like he's not the most poetic person, but... But it's even even to the point that it's... That he... I get that he's... He's very literal to the point that he has a tattoo on his stomach that says California. <laughs> like... It's not like it's the California flag, which is probably the best flag. It's a bear. This is true. Cal- the California flag is sick. Has- I would wear the California flag on a shirt. It's great. And that's maybe because grizzly bears are my favorite animal in the world. Yes. He has California on his stomach and he has Los Angeles on his bicep. This is a very literal man. Yes. And and I the talking about his tattoos, I'm just reminded of that meme that came about from their Super Bowl performance this year. The mm. really terrible Super Bowl performance. The one that the internet shat on them because they very briefly were like, We're gonna play that song from SpongeBob and then they're like, No, we're not and oh, then yeah. And the internet was like, How dare you? You have committed a hate crime on us. Oh Jesus. Well that's kind of what it was like. It was like people were like, Oh my god, how dare you do that? Yeah, people like, were very upset. Come by on, it. it's a song from a children's cartoon, people. But there was a picture that you showed me, and it's just Adam Levine at the Super Bowl halftime show with his shirt off because he progressively was losing clothes during the show because, of course, he was. Yes. And he's got his tattoos, and he's just standing there, and someone subtitled it, and it's just like, it's just him looking off, and it's just like, all right, let's open this fucking pit! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, and he kind of does look like a hardcore guy, but he's not. He absolutely is not. But if anything, he was sort of like a proto-emo just with his intentions in terms of lyrics, words, that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. Songs About Jane, like, it isn't just called Songs About Jane out of coincidence. Like, Jane was an ex 
girlfriend of his, and he, like, classic sort of heartbroken sort of dude yeah. maneuver. Like, in the liner notes, he thanks all of his, like, friends and family, blah, 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 and then, and Jane, my muse, who, like, you would think if they're broken up, he has just gone and done that whole, like, he's put in, put in, put her up on a pedestal, like, written yeah. all these songs, trying to get her to be jealous and upset and all this kind of stuff, and then, like, putting her in a position where he is, um, well, yeah, like, turning her into a muse that she doesn't necessarily want to be. It kind of, it really seems like he didn't grow from that, from Songs for Jane. About Jane. Songs about Jane to Payphone. Because again, that's what, that's what the, that's what the lyrics are about. It's about, we broke up, we had made plans, and now what do we do with those plans? And Wiz Khalifa's verse, it basically just comes across as, ooh, I'm successful now and you dumped me, so how do you feel about that? Yeah. It's it's really, yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not necessarily nasty, but it's just, I don't know. Sorry. I no, no. It, um, I feel like I get the impression that people sort of note Wiz's, um, contribution, like his verse, his rap, it's more to do with him and his personal growth and like sort of, all my haters are sort of... But then, yeah, there is that part where it's like, take that whatever, like... Yeah, it definitely feels like he's talking about a girl, though. Yeah. Definitely feels like... And, yeah, it feels like... It it does. It feels like the girl who spurned him, and or not spurned him, but the girl who broke up with him, and now he's rich and famous, and you... You know, I guess... I guess with a lot of celebrity, it would have that thing of... You kind of would like to go back to that... To your little shitty town and say fuck you, I made it, ha ha, how do you feel? Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I I think with the, lyrically, it's, it's just, it's a part of breaking up. Unless you have a really long, drawn out breakup process where you don't make any plans at all, you're going to make plans with that person. And yeah, the day's going to come when that was going to come to fruition and you're like, well, now it didn't. It's a part of every breakup. Yeah. To have... To have this thing, like, to have these plans and to have something going ahead and then it's, and then it falls through. It's, it's just a part of what it is. There's, it reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit with Adam Sandler and he plays this really sad, depressed guy who's been dumped by his girlfriend, but he has a public access show. He's got a show like Wayne's World. Right. And... It is. It's just him obsessing over his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh, he reads her love letters and, and it's, she says stuff like, oh, you know, I will love you forever. And he's like, well, what, what's forever in your mind? Is forever forever or is forever the eight months that we were only together oh, for? Jesus. And it just kind of reminds me of that, you know? But Adam Sandler was taking the piss out of those kinds of people. Yeah. I'm not going to give Adam Sandler that much credit. But that skit's pretty funny. And then it, and then the girlfriend eventually comes onto the show and it's Shannon Doherty. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, look, I, unfortunately, in my younger days, sort of fell into that trap of 
wanting to air dirty laundry about people that I liked and they didn't like me back and taking that personally and wanting people to know how hurt I was and then you grow up a bit and you realise that's so unfair to the other party and super inappropriate and yeah again it's just sort of that weird byproduct of like growing up on music and bands where a relationship was everything and anything that falls short of that is a loss and you have to I don't know sort of like preserve yourself I don't know yeah it's I don't know I get it breakups suck you know that's all I got really like it sucks you move on you, you don't put it you know you don't put your ex on a pedestal you just sort of yeah no I don't know I'm not going to tell you what to do well obviously I've sorted my shit out because I'm with you now oh I'm not I'm not saying you in general I'm just I'm <laughs> saying just people yeah in general you know but yeah like it's yeah I don't know we're sort of talking around in circles yeah um so the film clip the film clip oh like the song though the song it's poppy enough though and it's earwormy and it's got a hook and it's very radio friendly until he starts swearing Mm. but then that's why they have a a radio friendly version see i find the radio friendly actually no sorry i find the non-friendly version to be kind of weak though like it's sort of that thing of where a well-timed or well-placed swear word can have so much effect yeah but then on the flip side when you just put it in for the sake of giving it a bit of an edge and it just comes across really wussy like it does it sounds it's very it's almost whiny and just like the way he drags it out like um and something fairy tales are full of shit. Like, it's just so crap. And it, it, it just comes across as, oh, I'm so sad that we're broken up. Oh, and I keep hearing love songs and it just fucking makes me so sick. Yeah. It, One more fucking love song. I'll be sick. It's it, just like, yeah, all right. Like, like, you have a state tattooed on your stomach. That's not tough. <laughs> well, I, like... Coming from someone who isn't tough, so I know what's not tough. <laughs> this episode's just going off the rails. Um, We're already 50 minutes <laughs> in. Oh, Christ. So. But, like... Well, like, the use of swear... Like, I swear a lot. I obviously don't have very much... Um, you are the reason we have an explicit tag. Me? <laughs> But like I, you and the cat, he swears too. He does swear. He has a potty mouth. Um, he, he I obviously like I don't really exercise much restraint or artistry in terms of where I put my swears when I say them. But like you compare one more fucking love song, I'll be sick with like for instance, Radio by Alkaline Trio. Like I've got a big fat fucking bone to pick with you, my darling. Like yeah. That, the way it's delivered, like, it works. It's clever. There's that extra bite that comes out of it. But instead, like, and all these fairy tales are full of shit. Like, 
it's just so nasal and whingy and it's just like ugh, yuck yeah it doesn't really go with his voice no it just uh, and it just it does it just comes across and in the, in the context of the song it just comes across as oh i'm just so sad and whingy whereas for instance back when he was peak like horny lyrics and stuff like that works beautifully with his voice like have that element of subtlety about it where it is sort of pressing at the surface like this sort of repressed like sensuality sexuality to it without explicitly saying what you want to say yeah that's really great but then yeah as soon as you tone down the sort of undercurrent of whatever you're feeling and it's just this blatant like like one more fucking love song. Like, it just... It makes it... Like, it completely, like, neuters the song. Like, I don't... We'd planned to go see the first Avengers when it came yeah. out, and then you <laughs> dumped me, and now I'm gonna go see it alone and cry. And... Fuck you, Karen. Like, yeah. It just... And I, I say first Avengers film, because that came out in 2012. Oh, there you go. Also, apologies if you can hear me sniffing. I'm just not even trying to cover it up anymore. <laughs> I hope you find it endearing instead of gross they'll find it something yeah so should we talk about the video a bit more i felt like i had something else to say about the song but i don't no let's let's talk about the video yes please all right so the key thing to know about the music video is it was directed by samuel bayer samuel bayer um who has directed some pretty amazing music videos a lot like an absolute treasure trove of music videos yeah um for me he he first came onto my radar because he did the american idiot singles so he did american idiot he did jesus of suburbia he did holiday he did boulevard of broken dreams he did wake me up when september ends he also did my chemical romances the black parade and, oh wow uh famous last words like he like those sort of those seminal videos of my teenage years he did them but going back even further into the 90s he directed a lot of like not us because we weren't teenagers then but a lot of other people's seminal teenagers he directed smells like teen spirit yeah he directed the the film clip for smells like teen spirit he directed videos for iron maiden the ramones suicidal tendencies nice but then it's it's all over the place it's john lee hooker Ozzy Osbourne, Pat Benatar, Blind Melon. Oh, yeah. Did he do No Rain by Blind Melon? Yep. Yeah, that is such a cute video. I love that one. He did a No Effects yep. video. Sick. Um, Bob, whatever. whatever. B-O-B, do you mean? No, no, the song. Oh. No, no Effects' <laughs> song, Bob. Yep. Um, he, did a, he did a film clip. He, got, he did Gotta Get Away by The Offspring, Whole, Doll Parts. Oh, yeah. Uh, All, All was a punk band from the 90s. Yep. With, like, possibly the worst name, because how are you going to fucking look that up on the internet? All punk band, I'm sure that does not come up well. (laughs) You know, oh, uh, he did Bullet with Butterfly Wings Uh, by the Smashing Pumpkins. So he is just, like, yeah, he is the Scorsese of music videos. (laughs) So, well, aside from, like, the likes of Joseph Kahn and all those ones that are in the scene at the moment. Um, but, yeah, he is a big deal in classic 
Samuel B. I'm not sure how to pronounce his surname. I'm so sorry. See, there's like it's it could be Bayer, like Nicole Bayer, or I had a a um, SOS teacher in Year Seven who was Mr. Bayer, and he was German. I feel like it's Bayer, but anyway, in classic Samuel B. fashion, the video has lots of explosions, lots of big things happening, lots of action, lots of fast pace. Very cinematic, I suppose. Oh, it's beautifully shot. So, do you want to just give a brief background to what the video actually entails? So, and it's the part that you seem to find most fascinating. It starts off... Well, it starts off he's... There's, like, fire... Adam Levine. Yeah, he being Adam Levine. Key focus here, it's Adam Levine. It's Adam Levine. Did you not know that Adam Levine is the lead singer of Maroon 5? How dare you not know that Adam Levine's the lead singer of Maroon 5? He starts off, fire is everywhere, he's in an underpass, he's wearing a a dirty tank top and glasses, and he enters a payphone and dials. And then it cuts to Adam Levine. Fancy that. that. It has Adam Levine in a Maroon 5 song twice. No shit. And he is working a desk job, I believe, at a bank. Yes. He's, so he's, he's just working at a bank, and this is the part that you seem to find the most fascinating. He's portraying the, oh man. Just the mundane elements of work, like a nine-to-five job sort of thing, but I just love when film shorthand for my job is so boring is reduced to takes glasses off and puts them on the desk, clasps bridge of nose with finger and thumb. Yeah. Um puts a pen in his mouth, looks at the Rubik's Cube that's sitting on his desk, shuffles some papers around, puts his glasses back on. But yet the desk is still really clean. The computer is open to, like, one thing. There's there's nothing that actually looks like work that he's doing (laughs) on the computer. And he doesn't have a disheveled tie or anything like that, or, you know... If you're getting really... When I get really stressed, I get hot. I feel hot and sweaty. <laughs> so it's not like the jacket's off or anything like that. He's still just in a suit. I don't... He's not stressed, though. He's just like... like but he could be stressed. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I just... I love... As someone who wears glasses and works an office job, I can guarantee you I do not just take my glasses off and chuck them on the desk and then put them back on and repeat that. At intermittent, but he's por- he's portraying that someone who doesn't like their job. You like your job. This is true. So, so needless to say, his day gets a whole lot more interesting when a group of bank robbers come in and hold up bank. Who is portraying the bank robbers for all of five seconds in the film clip? I believe it is some of, if not all of, the other members of Maroon Five. It would be the other members of Maroon Five. Yes. And then they're gone as soon as he's gone. (laughs) And so then from there, it goes into a classic sort of... It it kind of delves into kind of like an action film. He he steals the... Oh, he's getting the attention of the girl who's obviously the girl that he likes. Mm. And which doesn't really make sense if it's a breakup song, but okay. Um... And then he grabs a gun from one of the bank robbers and gets out of there with the girl. Gets out of the bank with the girl. Saves the girl. They run out. Saves the girl. They run out. The police are there. Oh, no! The police think that he's the robber! So instead of just, like, I suppose... Well, yeah. 
recent years have shown that it's not as easy as just sort of stopping and putting your hands up and being like, wait, no, this is all a huge misunderstanding, but like... I could get really political with it, but I'm not going to. No. No. Um, But yeah, for some reason there's like this mistaken identity thing. So instead of trying to fix this mistaken identity, Adam steals Wiz Khalifa's car and takes off. sweet car. So, yeah, takes off, there's a police chase, yada, yada, yada. In the, I'm going to go back to the Wikipedia page, I just remember reading the description in the Wikipedia page today, and it's like, and he evades the police handily. It's like, handily? It's, it's just saying, like, how easily he evades the police, <laughs> and I'm like, did you write that Wikipedia page for this, Adam? <laughs> so, yeah, he evades the police, he gets them to crash into one another, and then he drives to the payphone and makes the phone call. Where we suspect he's calling the girl that he saved from the bank? We don't know. We don't. We actually don't know. So there's a few sort of like plot holes. So like, first of all... First of all, he loses his jacket. Yes, that between, really Between me. shots. He's running along with a jacket. It cuts to like the police or Wiz Khalifa. And then he's got no jacket. Yeah. I think the main one for me is... <clears throat> I don't understand why they would deploy so many police officers to chase one lone guy with a gun when there's, what, three or four or five, God knows how many other masked people with guns in the bank who are still shooting. Who are still shooting. But instead they're like, oh shit, like we'd better chase after this one guy who's dressed in a banking outfit and not masked at all um that's what i'm gonna go as at our next halloween party that we never go to i'm gonna go um no i'm I'm gonna go dressed up in a banking outfit shut up (laughs) 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 um and then again like it just doesn't fit the lyrics what would have been really good and this is what you said yes do you want me to say what it would have been really good, or do you want to say what would have been really good? You say it because I am struggling to string what sentences. What would together. have been really good? I, we kind of both came up with this. You no. came up. No, 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 no. I he, think I he, came no, no. Hear, hear me out. You came up with the part that this would have been really good if it was a daydream because he's sure. working a really mundane job. I worked mundane jobs in the past. I'm not going to talk about my current job. I just, I've worked, I've worked jobs where you just, you are, you just bored and you daydream. So why wouldn't he be thinking, what if I could just play hero in my mind for five minutes? And the part that I came up with is that when he makes the phone call at the end, what if then the phone call in the bank, the phone in the bank rang? And so it's that thing of like, you're dreaming and you and you hear an alarm go off in your dream and it's your actual alarm. Yeah. So it's it's the phone going off that wakes him out of the daydream. What could have also been really cool is if it was multiple little scenelets, like little bits. Do you mean vignettes? Yeah, vignettes. So like scenelets. Scenelets. <laughs> so like he has the car chase, but maybe he does something else cool. Like maybe he maybe he goes and he like. He extinguishes a burning building or something, or he has these little fantasy moments, but instead it's just, no, Adam Levine being fucking awesome. 
And again, like, it just sort of defeat, like, because the whole point of the song is, like, if Happy Ever After did exist, I would still be holding you like this. Like, so it isn't even a fantasy in which he gets the girl in the end because he just sort of runs with her down the street, then leaves her halfway down the street and fucks off in the car. He ditches her so fast. Which, like, that's fine, but also, like, it still doesn't serve that narrative of I saved you, we can now be together. Yeah, but, I mean, I explained it to you. I, uh, one of the latest series on the last podcast on the left was about Bonnie and Clyde, and they had a plan for one of their, their robberies that if they got caught, which I believe they did, Bonnie would say, and, and Clyde and whoever else was in the gang at the time agreed, Bonnie would say that they kidnapped her. So it was kind of a thing of we kind of came to the conclusion that perhaps he's leading them off so that she's safe. Yes. yes. But it's still, he fucks her off really quickly so that he can be fucking awesome. And I want to know, I want to know yes. who wrote, who screen, uh, storyboarded this film clip. Was it all Adam Levine? And how did we not hear the collective eye roll of the rest of the band? Like, groan of course you are the hero because let's face it any of any of the other members of maroon 5 are replaceable just like and i know that you might disagree and i know that they're one of your favorites and i'm not really um i I might shit on a little bit just like brendan yuri is panic at the disco any other member from panic at the disco is replaceable but he's not in theory they shouldn't have been but they are they are. Yes. And it's, and hey, Brendan Urie just had a film clip where he's doing the same thing. He's fighting guys in a house and he's looking fucking awesome. Power fantasies, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the video. Do you know which one was a guy actually legitimately being fucking awesome? The film clip for Fat Boy Slim. I can't remember the song that had Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken flying. Yes. That's the best. It was Weapon of Choice. Weapon of Choice. There you go. No, it's... Look, the film was fine. I just... I don't know. If... if Hey, if I become very rich and famous, I'll probably release a film clip where I'm doing stupid shit like this and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I could. It's just that... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, to be fair, like, Maroon 5 slash Adam Levine's work has always sort of had that element of, like, positioning him as this super masculine like macho man who's probably really good in bed and like knows how to beat people up and just very man again like to harken back to the super bowl halftime show the the top half of his clothes came off really quickly yeah but the thing is i don't feel like i hear women going oh yeah that adam levine could get it it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, a few reviews that I saw of this video, they were like, oh, needs less shirt, ha ha ha, or, like, words to that effect, but, like... But he's also a middle-aged man now. 40. Yeah, if, if he lives to 80, that's middle-aged. Oh, yeah, fair. I don't know. I, yeah. I am not the right person to ask, because I generally don't go for, like... The Adam Levines of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're with me. <laughs> but, like, 
Yeah, the fact that, like, I don't know, James Spader is, like, one of my celebrity past. <laughs> like, yeah, I have an eclectic taste. You always, every time, I almost, we almost need to skip the episode of The Office where he wrestles a man, and every <laughs> time you're just like, yeah, I'd wrestle, I'd wrestle with James Spader. Robert California. Who gets it more, Robert California or Raymond Reddington? Oh, Raymond, Raymond Reddington. I feel like Robert California is sort of quietly hiding an ineptness to him. Oh, yeah, like he's slightly... He's just super confident. Yeah. God, I can't wait until five years from now when we can start our office podcast. So for now, we should put a lid on it. Keep it <laughs> under wraps until it's a thing. Sure. So should we talk about the cover, seeing as we've been talking for like a million hours already? Please don't tell me how long we've been recording for. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> all right, I might weep. Right. All right, all right, all right. Um, it's... I might lose some street cred, but... Crown the Empire's version, I kind of... I know it's not good for me. Just like double quarter pounders with cheese. I kind of dig it, though. Yeah. And I kind of want more. I kind of I'm I'm into it. I'm into it, man. It's yeah. I don't know, it's it does that thing. It has it's the metalcore side with the clean vocalist. But the clean vocalist can sing. He yeah. can hold a note. He's and it's not it's not whiny. It's mm. I don't know, it it kind of suits and I feel like bands I feel like bands of that time from like the 2010s the metalcore bands they were becoming six pieces there yeah. was lots of you know dual vocalists uh a dude on keyboard Whitechapel had three guitarists they're a deathcore band i know but mm. Whitechapel had three guitarists don't know if that was necessary but they yeah they were a six piece it was just a i just feel like it was a thing back then to be a six piece band and i don't know it, it's it doesn't feel like it's already like a guy who kind of wants to be seen as a tough guy writing a song about, oh man, like I'm really sad that, you know, in 2012, I can't go see Sherlock Holmes 2 Game of Shadows with you. I can't remember if that's, that's the subtitle. 2012 hours tonight, isn't it? You're just all about them. 2012 references. I'm trying to remember Expendables 2. Man, we were going to go see Expendables 2. <laughs> and now I'm seeing it by myself alone and I feel weird. I really wish I wasn't seeing a movie by myself. That's basically what the song's about. It's, yeah. It it's, really isn't, but sure. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's already written a, by a guy sort of singing about that stuff. It doesn't feel like they don't change the narrative. It's just... It's like if if Adam Levine's younger brother was covering the song, you know, when your younger brother's getting through heavier music, although I am the youngest. 
I don't know. I'm rambling. You are a bit. I am really rambling. I really, really am. I kind of... <laughs> I Well, musically, the one thing that I don't... Well, I don't like that he has the part leading into, I believe, the chorus where he's just like, Yeah! Yeah. And I also feel like the clean vocals over the... Well, I feel like the vocals over the chorus should be reversed. I feel like the the unclean vocals should be on the heavier guitar part and then vice versa. But then you wouldn't get the guy screaming, all his fucking love songs make me sick. One more fucking love song, I'll be sick. One more fucking love song, I'll be sick. I don't hate it. The only thing that gets me is, and I, like, the more I listen to the original, it's just me and my weird sensibilities. So the lines, I'm at a payphone trying to f- call home or phone. Yeah. There's something about the way that this guy, like the clean singer, at, like the tone that he uses when he's saying trying to call home, it just doesn't feel resolved to me and it freaks me out. Trying to call home. There's like just something about the way he says the call home. And I know that it sounds slightly unresolved in the original as well, but it's just the trying to call home. Like, it just doesn't. That was the scene back then. It was, you know, very listless and it just meandered. No, I don't know. I don't know. And, like, for some reason in my head, in the original one, my brain just sort of resolves it for me. Like... Yeah. Because even the original has the trying to call home, ba-na-na-na. Like... There isn't that sort of downward note that I'm expecting to come on home. Yeah. But there's just something about the way this guy does it, and it just does my head in each time. I don't know why. We were just lukewarm on it. Yeah. And that's where we are. We're kind of just lukewarm on the song. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. Look, I still prefer the original, but I can see the appeal in this. Like, I like this as an alternative to the original. And, yeah, Crown the Empire, they seem... I listened to their top um, YouTube video. Yeah. Um, they what just... was it? Do you remember? No. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I just yawned into the mic, so enjoy that. Now I'm going to be the one to say I'm going to edit that out because you're putting me on blast. Ah. Putting, putting the light on me. That's fair asking me about the song so we don't know much about crown the empire which is our bad sorry guys um so this cover came off punk goes pop volume 5 in 2012 so i like how quick they were on it like payphone came out in 2012 they were like shit yeah and they recorded it and released it in 2012 that's something that definitely they have been they've been very i guess consistent on yeah the yeah the, they you know popular songs come out for the year and and this is something that they've been doing with the later releases because mm. between pop, punk goes pop one and two there's an eight year gap yeah eight year when was when was one oh like seven years so the thing was two thousand and two two thousand and two mm. to two thousand and nine that was the gap between yeah. the pop ones so yeah it was to they like to fearless records credit. It absolutely is all about consistency. Oh, they've got their finger on the pulse. It's really good. Yeah. And considering that Crown the Empire were only formed in 2010 in Dallas, Texas, they, for like an early offering of theirs, like this is solid. 
Like, I imagine that this, and I'm absolutely editorializing here, I could be completely wrong, but this was probably a good way for them to showcase who they were at the beginning yeah. of their career. And yeah, it's a, that's kind of a good get for them. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get a very clear idea of what they're all about. Yeah. And I respect that. Like, yeah. this is a great mission statement of sorts, I suppose. But, but yeah, my understanding is that Crown the Empire is still active today. Yep. and Yeah. Still going strong and, yeah. Good on you, boys. Keep it up. Good on you. But now, I believe we're moving on to the part of the show where we talk about other cover songs. Yes. Of Payphone. We have narrowed it down to three because... It was kind of hard. Yeah. Finding finding interesting ones. Yeah, ones that weren't just like... Lots of wigwags. Just lots of white kids with ukes. Like, you yeah. don't need that. And there were a couple of ones that were sort of... There was, I can't even remember what they're called now. They were like a boy band. Sort, uh, of, um, sort of looking like one. Boys? No, not boys. There was the one I showed you and that was the moment that you were like... Do we need to play lots yeah, of cover songs? Yeah, I can't, yeah. <laughs> Which they I guess all just was... sort of meld into one another. So we tried to pick ones that are sort of notable. Yeah. Be they good or bad. Oh, we end on good. We end, oh, on, yeah. we end on so good. So the first one that we want to look at is the cover performed by the band Walk Off the Earth. Man, fuck that shit! I'm pretty sure that payphones don't even exist when I was trying to go So walk off the earth. What do you reckon? Flat earthers or just big Terry Pratchett fans? <laughs> I got nothing. You got nothing? I like that you said walk off this earth before we started recording. Just something about that turn of phrase was delightful. In case there's others. They believe in... Not only are they perhaps flat earthers or... Terry Pratchett fans, but they also believe in multiple universe th- theory. Multiverse. Multiverse theory. Mm. Yeah. So, walk off this earth. Um, although, on the outside, or... Walk off the earth. Yes. You called it walk off this earth. I did that deliberately. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. So, walk off the this earth. So is trash. <laughs> That's fine. Walk Off the Earth became kind of famous. They became YouTube famous uh, for their cover of Gautier and Kimbra, hearkening back to earlier on in the episode, Mm. to Gautier and Kimbra, somebody that I used to know. Uh, The song itself wasn't, is nothing that you haven't heard, but what is special about it is it's, it's five people playing on the one acoustic guitar. Yes. And this, that, I think at this stage it's got around about 170 million views on YouTube. Mm. So they do these really interesting cover songs and the payphone one is no different. It's starts off with the one guy who's singing, playing the drums and 
it's not a maraca, but it's kind of like a maraca. It's the one with like the the ball bearings, and you twist oh, yeah. it, but it still makes a sh- 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 yeah. sound. And then the guy, the next guy, comes in. They throw him an acoustic guitar. They're playing while the guys, while the other guys, drumming, singing, playing like open notes on the bass. Mm. And then, and then like the camera tilts towards the mirror, and oh, it's the girl singing, and she's the one who's filming it. And then there's a guy on the drum machine and all that sort of stuff so they they they're kind of like a rube goldberg device yeah i was going if you didn't bring that up i was going to say like you put it beautifully when you said that they are basically the musical equivalent of a rube goldberg machine thank you yes i don't come up with clever things that often but that one i kind of you know i'm pretty proud of you're not a rube oh but i could i could (laughs) i could go for a reuben sandwich right about now but besides the videos there's nothing really remarkable about it. One thing that is worth noting in terms of cred is that the woman in this band, she used to be... Sarah Blackwood. Sarah Blackwood. So she used to be the front woman for the band Creepshow. I'm a big fan of the Creepshow. You got me into them like yeah. when we were first dating. So, so they're a Canadian rockabilly, psychabilly kind of band. Yeah. And... I still to this day their song Undead Eyes. Oh, it's so good. Which it's it it's very it opens up and it sounds very very similar to Earth Angel, Earth Angel by the yep. Penguins. Yep. But it's about a guy who has murdered his girlfriend so that he could be with or, or partner. He's murdered his partner so he can be with another woman, but then the ghost of his dead partner is haunting him and she won't go away even though he wants her to. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's kind of fantastic, and they're a fantastic band. And I would say that they're remarkable, but yeah, Walk Off the Earth, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that they do these interesting things for their videos, they would kind of just fall under the shuffle of just any other indie band, really. Uh, yeah, to me, I sort of equate them with, like, busker music, like, yeah, very clever, you could turn it into quite a little act... But beyond that, I'm just sort of like, meh. Like, it's really clever. And the novelty of just that one take filming that the different elements, like different people picking up different things and multi-instruments, like it's very cool, but it didn't do anything with the song where I thought, wow, that's amazing. Sorry, I have to go back to the creep show. The song's called Sleep Tight, not Ah, Undead Eyes. But they open up with the line Undead Eyes. They do. And that's... That was kind of the thing. It's like, it's a really cool kind of punk sound with, and they, they write horror lyrics. Yes. They did a cover of Halloween by the Misfits, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Walk off the earth. It's fine. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. And that's kind of the best compliment I can give it. It's very much like a 2012 phenomenon. Like, Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of thing that I can remember those kinds of videos being shared on Facebook and yeah. being like, wow. And like, it is impressive. Oh, like, yeah. But yeah, it's musically like it's the same as if you just had three people or three to five people sitting there playing the instruments. I recall seeing Judas Priest doing the same thing with... I believe it's all the strings instrument, all the strings musicians, and Rob Halford are all lined up and they're all playing each other's instruments. That's cool. Bop 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 bop. 
That's a key and peel joke. Oh. I'm not going to explain it to you on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so next up we have a gentleman by the name of Matty B. I'm frightened of Matty B. You might know him as the YouTube sensation Matty B Raps. And I need to do more research on the phenomenon that is Matty B, but I believe that he came to prominence in the era of, like, that musical-y, musical.ly. Yeah. Sort of like that sort of, that pre, like, proto-TikTok era of, like, lip-syncing and mm. singing along to videos and uploading videos of you singing. And so he has done a truly terrifying version of payphone he's just terrifying in general so feast your ears on this if happy ever after does exist and i will still be here with you like this he looks remarkably like my youngest nephew <laughs> and the film clip it's just just i don't know i'm not judging parents but i don't know i know that were we parents which we are ne- n- never of a child this is true never of a child a, a human child but <laughs> were we parents of a human child i probably wouldn't be putting videos up of them on youtube it's just something i don't know i just feel like it needs to be a little bit protected but at the same time i'm not judging other people i'm just saying what i would do i'm not judging people for what they do yeah, for me, it's it ties back into that thing of how lucky were we to be growing up in an era where we just sort of towed the balance of social media. Like, yeah. I find it really unsettling when there's kid like this kid, Maddie. He honestly looks like he's about six or seven or eight years old. Yeah, it's um singing a song about happy ever afters and like relate like. No, like you're tiny. Yeah. Like, and and he doesn't stand in the entire film clip. He just sits. <laughs> he just sits and raps. He just sits and raps. <laughs> but yeah, there's just something not right about this thing of having young children singing and rapping to a huge audience. And because when... I only I only listened to it the once. And in my mind, it's it's really slow, and it's starting to slow down even more in my mind, and it's starting <laughs> to it's starting to actually weigh me down. Oh, just you're all right. <laughs> uh, you know, if I'm if I'm by next week, if I'm strapped with a with a straight jacket and I'm in a padded cell somewhere screaming about Maddie B raps, then you know, no. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't come out of Punko's pod. I'd like to think safely. that you will give me a heads up before you sink to that level. Nah, surprises are fun. So, I am just doing a quick Google on Maddie B. So, hang on. As of... Oh. <laughs> so, he's 16 now. So, that would have meant that he... If he did it not long after the He was song. nine when he did it. Yeah. Nine-ish. So, like, yeah. I'm not really going anywhere with this. But, yeah, he is... What? That's so weird. What? No, I'm just trying to... So, 
Hang on. I'm looking at his website, maddiebraps.com or maddiebraps. So a 16-year-old pop singer slash rapper from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, there you go. Since beginning his music career at age seven, he has quickly become a Tramadol internet superstar. Tramadol's a painkiller, isn't it? Maybe. I don't know. With more than 6.5 billion video views and 17 million YouTube subscribers, his social media consists of over 15 million followers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat combined. That's nuts. And here we are talking about what we would do if we had actual children and his parents are just laughing all the way to the bank. Well, yeah, like, apparently selling out headline shows, like, he's... Do you think he stands during those shows? <laughs> I think he does. But, it, yeah, it's just it very incongruous, like, watching a video of a nine-year-old acting heartbroken over a girl. Yeah. Like, come on, mate. Like, you still believe girls have cooties. But Justin Bieber was doing it. Didn't make it any more normal. That was still weird. No, and I don't think Maddie B is going to be the star that Justin Bieber oh God, was no. and is. No. No. Like, well, like, he's huge, but, like, it's on a different plane. Well, yeah, like, on six, a different... Six, six billion views. Is... Like, he's... Yeah, he's massive, but, like, on a... Yeah, in a different realm. Yeah. Like, there's YouTube slash Twitter slash Snapchat slash whatever famous, and then there's... And then there's your record yeah. going platinum multiple yeah. times, which, you know... Like, Justin Bieber's a legitimate star. Yeah. Yeah. So, the internet's weird. It so is. It's so weird. Speaking of weird, let's talk about eyebrows. Why? Because of our next guy. Of course. Old mate. What's his name? Buff Corell. Yeah, I, I know it's hard to remember the people we used to be. It's even harder to picture the United next to me. Say it's too late to make it, but is it too late to try? In our time that we wasted, all of our bridges burned down. So, yeah, Buff Corral, all one word on YouTube B U double F C O double R. E double L. No, it's just one L. Is it? B U double F C O double R E L. Why are you doing this to me? Because I can. Hang on, let me double check. Now I'm not sure. Oh, it is double L. Well, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. You don't know the temptation I have to repeat his name, but I'm not going to. You are absolutely not going to. I will not. Buff Corral is uh Corel Buffard the second uh, also known as Buff Corel I just I'm I'm so like the holophonics last week I'm so happy that I discovered Buff Corel uh, excuse me I believe I introduced you to him well I saw the thumbnail to this to this song and you were like Oh, hey, that guy does a Paramore song. Yes. So, we both introduced me to it. This is true. So, can you explain what Corel Buffard II is all about? What's his thing? Well, his, his main thing is positivity. Yes. 
positivity and loving yourself. Yes. He also is a very muscular man. Very muscular. Very muscular man. And I'm not going to... Because the dude legitimately... I I I spent an hour watching his videos. And his videos, which he has over a thousand of, it's him covering songs. So he's got a karaoke machine or something. And he just covers songs in his bedroom and he dances. He is obviously self-taught in the art of singing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I don't care. I get legitimate enjoyment out of it. And I want, I want everything for this guy. He's so great. He is amazing. And it's interesting. You look at his, I think he had like 150 subscri- 150,000 subscribers. This video has 970 views, but you can go around and it jumps up and down. Yeah. Some of them... Some of them have had like 350,000 views. Other ones have 17,000 views. It just jumps up and down his view, viewer, his views. Yeah. Is the, what I'm actually trying to say. And yeah, he, I don't know what he's, like he's an eyebrow enthusiast or something. Yes. With the, the painting of the eyebrows. But yeah, he's got some killer moves. And... And he's buff. He's buff, and he has a he's poster. It. He has a poster of himself on his bedroom wall. So we'll put a link to this video in particular in our show notes, and then you can fall down a. Do please K-hole. do. He is he is absolutely the best. Yeah, absolutely the best. And like I said, he's got a thousand videos, so I'm sure we will be talking about him again. And I want it to be my mission. The next time that we talk about a song that he is doing, or the next time he shows up, yeah. I want to interview him. That would be amazing. I want to Skype Buff Corral in, because, sir, you have made me so happy. Legitimately happy. Like, I just, I grinned from ear to ear. Yeah. I want everything for you. I want the best for you. I want you to sing at our wedding. And I don't want you to wear a shirt at the wedding. You're the one guest who is allowed to not wear a shirt. A bow tie, though. Yeah, yeah. you got to wear well, a bow tie. Yeah. Come on. Be a bit formal about I, it. I, I, I love this guy. Seriously. I believe he showed up on... I believe he was on an episode of Tosh.0. Yes. Uh, an article was written about him because he's been doing it since about 2014. And he, he said, like, he was just... He'd started exercising. He'd started lifting weights and he noticed his first abs and he was just like i'm not paraphrasing here but it was just sort of like fuck yeah yeah i love the way i look and that's hell i'd love to have some of that confidence and look you don't need to have abs to do it i just i like that he he took the steps that he needed to take in himself to go you know what i'm rocking it yeah and he does he rocks it and it just it's a message for all of us like we don't have to hit the gym and get swole and have abs and count macros and even though he does yeah Yeah. but that's his he does it for us though he looks good for for all of us (sighs) he does it for himself and then because he's happy with himself i was trying to give him a messiah complex (laughs) please don't okay but we, I think we could all stand to learn a lesson from Buff. 
Absolutely. Buff the stuff. Yeah. No, I could honestly probably talk about him for hours, but it would just be me saying how great he is. Yes. And how much I love the dude. Like, honestly, honestly, like, it just gave me a genuine feeling of happiness. Like, this dude's positivity is palpable. Yeah. You know, I know I talk about it a lot, but my the genres of music I listen to are not happy. So sometimes it's just nice having a little bit of happy. Yeah. And I love the stuff that we get to discover on this podcast. Yes. Yes. I think we should probably wrap it up. Do you want to know how long it's been going for? Sure. 96 minutes. That's that's pretty bad. (laughs) Oh my god. We're getting really tired. It's 10.30. Yeah. We need to stop doing this. Not the project. We need to just stop not recording it on the day that we were going to record it. And then recording it at night time. There you go. So that's a confirmation that we will be good. And start recording on time you heard it here first folks but we haven't even launched yet and we're five episodes in so yeah but i'm looking forward to next week because next week uh we're hitting a 90s classic absolutely we are the men in black theme song Mm -hmm. performed by one william smith yes covered by forever the sickest kids there you go. From Punk Goes Crunk. Sick. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I think we're both about to black out, so we should just wrap this thing up. Have a good week, and we will see you next time. Do your homework. Catch you on the flippity flip. The flippity flop. <laughs> Bye. Bye.